Hello, everyone, and welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Mike with the Aliante Community Baptist Church. We invite you, your family, and friends to join us as we study God's Word. So, let's begin. so beautiful. Thank you, Miss Linda. Well, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles this morning to the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10, and we're going to begin at uh, verse 5, but as I, as I was sitting there listening to Miss uh, Ginger play, I was thinking about how, how really nice it is to have a young man in the in the Air Force, and we've had others who uh, who've come to church uh, while they've 
percent TDY uh, here. You know. uh, TDY is a temporary duty assignment, so they come here for a short period of time and then they go back home or, or somewhere else. But it's rare. It, it really is rare. And the statistics are showing us that um, the belief in God in our nation uh, is actually on a, a downward spiral, sad tragedy. But God's people can still pray, amen? And God's people should pray. And we need to pray. It's so vital for us uh, to pray. And to pray for this young man as, as well as others who serve in the military, both men and women. And to pray for peace, realizing that our God is a God of peace. God wants us to be at peace with, with one another. And so please ensure that you continue to pray for those who are in the military, those who serve as police officers, those who serve as firefighters, Coast Guard, you name it, uh, first responders. They need our prayers. Amen? Amen. And we need them. Amen. Amen. They have a particular calling in life, and that's what we're going to be looking at here in the Gospel of Matthew. Chapter 10, beginning at verse 5. These twelve Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles. Do not enter a city of the Samaritans, but go rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, say, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Provide neither gold nor silver nor copper in your money belts, nor bag for your journey, nor two tunics, nor sandals, nor staffs, for a worker is worthy of his food. Now whatever city or town you enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and stay there till you go out. When you go out into a household, greet it. If the household is worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it is not worthy, let your peace return to you. And whoever will not receive you nor hear your words, when you depart from that house or city, shake off the dust from your feet. Assuredly, I say to you, it will be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Let's pray, Jesus. Our Father in God, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and we ask for that you be our teacher. Speak to us by your Holy Spirit. Illuminate your Holy Word to us. We pray, dear Father, that we will apply it and allow it to be applied to our individual lives. Help us, O oh Lord, to understand and to practically live out your truth in our lives. We thank you for every individual here. And again, Father, we lift up this young man as well as all the others who served in our military, 
the various branches who serve at great risk to their own lives that we might live in a nation of peace and in a world of peace. And we pray for your peace, Lord. We pray for those who serve as police officers, firefighters, as doctors, nurses, all others who serve as public servants, teachers, administrators, and those who serve in government as political leaders. We pray, Father, for righteousness to prevail in our nation. <coughs> Lord, we do thank you for your grace and your mercy. And for anyone here today, Lord, who doesn't know you as Savior, we pray they'll come to know you as Lord and Savior. And for others who are struggling and those who are ill, we pray for healing, for comfort, for encouragement. For those who are grieving, we pray for comfort and strength. Thank you again, Lord, for your holy word and for this place of worship. We thank you and we praise you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen. Now, last week we looked at the, uh, the list of the various disciples and the, specifically the apostles, and we made, made a distinction between a disciple and an apostle because there is a distinction. So we all in here are disciples, and that word disciple in its basic definition means follower or learner, student, pupil. But apostle is a very specific calling given to these 12. Apostle means one sent with a message. So they go as a, a messenger on behalf of someone else. And of course, in this case, they they represent the Lord Jesus Christ, God the Son. And so what Jesus does for them is he also empowers them. Jesus empowers them, and we read that in the first or the beginning portion of, of this chapter. But he, in empowering them, he gives them credentials. Now, you know, usually... When, uh, when a business or an employer is looking for someone, a uh, person fills out an application. Well, I was doing this, but they, they don't fill them out by hand anymore, right? It's <laughs> on the internet, you know, you type, up the, uh, you type up the application. And you put down there your, your training, your experience, your credentials, so to speak. Well, the Lord Jesus gave the apostles some credentials. And what were those credentials? Well, they were to go and to preach and to heal. You notice that? So the gospel of the kingdom is given first to the nation Israel. So this particular calling of the apostles is not like the calling that we have. Oh, it's similar but at the same time, very different, very different. Now, just to give you a little reference or a cross-reference, turn, uh, keep your, your, your page here, but turn to the book of Romans, the first chapter. Romans chapter one. <clears throat> and 
and verse 16. Romans chapter 1 and verse 16. And notice this, the, the Apostle Paul is writing to the Christians who live in Rome. And he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes, for the Jew first, notice that, and also for the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. But the point, and we go back to Matthew, the point here is that Jesus came into the world to save all of humanity, but the message goes to Israel first. For salvation is of the Jews. God has blessed the entire human race through the nation of Israel. And the Lord Jesus Christ is Jewish. Christianity is actually a Jewish religion, not American. Now, America was founded as a Christian nation built upon the Judeo-Christian word of God. And anyone who says otherwise is an error. And they can have their opinion. A person can have an opinion. And they, you know, if they want to be wrong, they can be wrong, right? Okay. We happen to know better. Just as Israel is a Jewish nation, but it, it actually is divided. I believe there are, uh, you, you have a large number of uh, Jews, of course. And then there are also Christian Jews, as they refer to themselves as Messianic Jews, and Gentile Christians, as well as Arabs and Arab Christians. So many in America are unaware of them. But God preserved his word through the nation of Israel. The Bible was preserved through the Jewish people. God blessed the entire human race through the Jews. And Jesus came. And notice that this commission, if you will, and this mission that he gives to the apostles is specifically to the Jewish people. They were not to go into any of the Gentile areas, the non-Jewish areas. So we know that this particular mission is given specifically to these 12 men. It's very important to note that. Because there are those who like to use this passage to justify their ministry today. No, this was given specifically to these 12 men. Now at the end of Matthew, the 28th chapter, the mission is increased to include the entire world. Yes, and that applies to us. But this is specifically to these 12 men known as the apostles. Now notice, they were to go to the lost sheep of Israel. Now what does that mean, the lost sheep of the house of Israel? It means that Israel was just as lost 
or many within Israel were just as lost as those who were Gentiles. And the same is true today. Now Jesus gives them some, some power. He, he empowers them to preach. And it's so interesting because educationally speaking, educators believe that lecture or preaching is the least effective way to teach. You may or may have not known that. <laughs> that actually engaging people, actively engaging them, is the most effective way to get them to retain or to remember or to comprehend, to understand, and to actually put into practical application the information. But God, the Bible says, chose the foolishness of preaching to proclaim his word. So that all glory, you understand? All glory goes to God. Not to man, or by man being able to manipulate people into accepting a particular idea or fact. Preaching. He empowers them to preach, but he also gives them the message that they're to preach. In other words, they're not to proclaim their own opinion. But they're to preach. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And what is meant there is that the kingdom of heaven is at hand in the person and the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the king of heaven, the king of glory. He is the Lord of lords and the king of kings. And they are to proclaim that the kingdom of heaven is at hand in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. This was the message that they're to preach. Now there are people in this world and in our nation, you hear them all the time, who want you to believe that every religion is equal. Nonsense, that's a lie of the devil. They're not equal, not at all. All those other religions lead you to hell. As a matter of fact, religion is responsible and philosophies, etc., for deceiving and confusing people. There is one message and one true message only. Salvation comes by God the Father through Jesus Christ the Son as God the Holy Spirit convicts a person and draws them to know the Lord as their Savior. There is salvation in no other no other. There is no other Savior. There is no other Messiah. Jesus Christ is God's Holy Son. Now, once we reach the period of the tribulation and, and, and all of that, the nation of Israel is going to turn the the current nation of Israel is actually going to turn and they are going to accept Christ as Savior. And the majority of them will come to know the Lord as their Savior. The Bible says that right now we live in the age of the church or the age of the Gentiles. But that age is coming to a close. When it will 
fully close, only God knows. But the apostles are empowered with heavenly credentials, the ability to heal, to exercise demons, even to raise someone from the dead. When was the last time that you heard of someone being raised from the dead by one of the fake healers? Anybody? But you see, they, they like to use this to. And notice that next point there. Freely you have received, freely give. When was the last time you went to a service where they didn't take up an offer? Well, the last time you listened to someone on TV that they didn't ask you to send in something. Man alive. You can't go anywhere today without somebody asking you for money. Whether it's somebody on the freeway exit or on-ramp or in the parking lot at the grocery store or on the radio or on the TV, right? Or through the mail. You, you, you get any of those? I wonder sometimes, man, how can they afford to send this out on such a regular basis? <laughs> but notice what Jesus tells the apostles. Freely you have received. In other words, freely you have been empowered with the ability to do all of these things. Therefore, you will not charge anyone for this ministry. They're not to charge anyone for preaching. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll come and speak if you pay me such and such. Boy, I tell you, the politicians have it made, don't they? All they have to do is to serve a few years in office, and if they're not reelected, well, what can they do? Well, they can become a, an anchor on one of the, the news stations, or they can just Travel the world at speaking engagements. Paid tens of thousands and some hundreds of thousands and some millions of dollars to stand up for 45 minutes and uh, tell a bunch of lies <laughs> and get paid for that. Jesus said, freely you have received, freely give. But again, notice that this is specifically charge to the apostles. All right? Because there are those who like to say, well, then, uh, you know, people who serve in the ministry shouldn't be paid. No, because there are other portions of Scripture that say they need to be paid. And what do we know in the Old Testament? 10% of the offerings that came into the temple, that 10% was given to the priests to support their families. But they were then to give 10% of that back to the Lord. Why? Because they were dedicated to the Lord and that was the way that the Lord took care of them. So we move on to the, to the next point here. Because God provides what his servants need. They're told not to take all this stuff, money, resources, clothing, and all that. They were to just go with the clothes that they had on their back and if they had one staff, they were to take that one. They weren't to go out and get another one. They weren't to, to, to take a bunch of money. And they're called actually beggar's bags. 
the bag for their journey. No, they were to go with what they had on them. And they were to go depending upon God that God would provide for them. They were to trust God. And then notice, they were to find shelter among the worthy. Notice that, the worthy. So what does it mean, the worthy? Those who were considered worthy were those who were willing to accept them and accept the message. You see, the Lord is the one who makes us worthy. You're obviously worthy because you're here worshiping the Lord. You follow? Christ in us, the hope of glory, makes us worthy. He is the one who enables us to come to God's throne of grace. And we're able to come at any time. And we're able to come with confidence. Confidence in him, the Bible says. So they were to ask around. Because wherever they stayed, the family had to have a reputation of integrity. Now, why is that important? You'll remember what happened to Joseph when he... When Potiphar left home, right? Potiphar's wife tried to put the move on Joseph. See? We couldn't have any of that. And that's why the, the apostles were sent out in pairs of two to protect them. You follow? And so they were to find a house that was worthy, a house that would receive them. And then that family had the privilege, really, of providing for them room and board. And whatever was placed in front of them, that was what they were to eat. Now notice, the Lord says, when you find this place, give your blessing of peace. Let your peace, that is, that is the shalom of God. Shalom, the peace. The peace that comes from God to rest upon that house. A great example for us to follow. Amen? But what about that next point here? Wherever they refuse or reject you, reject your message, who are they really rejecting? The Lord Jesus. And he tells them to shake off the dust from your feet. Now this was something that the Jewish people did as a general practice. Whenever they went into a Gentile city, when they left that city, they would basically shake the dust off because the Gentiles were considered unclean. So what is Jesus telling the disciples here? They reject you. It is not you that they're rejecting. It is me. It's the Lord that they're rejecting. Shake off the dust from your feet. For they have chosen to be unclean. They've chosen to reject the mercy and the grace of God. Judgment. Hmm. So what do we learn from this passage here? What do we learn? 
First, God chooses his messengers. We refer to it as the called. And our callings are different. On Wednesdays, we've been studying the ministry of God the Holy Spirit in the life of the individual and in the life of the church. And God the Holy Spirit, in the life of a believer, produces fruit. And that fruit has many aspects. And we, we looked at that Wednesday. But he also gives spiritual gifts. You see, the apostles were empowered for ministry. And they were to fulfill that ministry. But we as Christians are also, like the apostles, empowered by God the Holy Spirit. Yet, we all have differing ministries. You are ministers. You say, what? Yes, you are ministers. You're to, to minister in the name of the Lord. But sadly, most Christians have no idea what the calling of God is upon their lives. They don't know what their, their spiritual gifts are. And if you mention fruit, they think of peaches, watermelon, and plums. But we have spiritual fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. And the head of that list is love. You see, we're to, we're to manifest love. Jesus said, by this shall all men, by this shall everyone know that you are my disciples, the disciples of the Lord Jesus, if you have love one for another. Love is to, to be a part of our lives and every person that we interact with we are to love in the Lord. God is the one who chooses his messengers. You don't choose them. I don't choose them. God chooses them. Understand? And he empowers them. He equips and he provides. Now, how does he empower? Well, he does that through his spirit. He does that through his word. Through his word. He does that through other ministers. Through those that are called to be pastors. One of the responsibilities and the, and the privileges that the pastor has is to teach and to train, to equip, to inform, to prepare to encourage and to challenge, as well as to discipline and hold accountable. Oh, those last few aren't so popular. <laughs> but that's all involved in the equipping. God equips and he provides for his messengers. And we just mentioned spiritual fruit and gifts. But also notice that God determines the message. God determines the message and the scope of the mission. Notice that he told the apostles that they were to only go to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, not to the Gentiles, nor to the cities of the Samaritans. All too often, people think that the church 
ought to be involved in every little ministry that's going on. Someone will come from one church and they, they start attending a particular church and they say, well, you know, at my, at my previous church, we did this. Why don't you folks do that here? Well, if you really want to do that, why don't you go back there? Okay? Because this is the ministry that God has given to us here. You follow? Because not every church can do everything. Each church, like each individual, is unique. You are unique. In all the world, there is no one specifically like you or exactly like you. You are unique. And amen. And God has gifted you. God has gifted you. And God has a particular, a very specific place for you in his plan. Amen? And God really wants to use you in a mighty, mighty, mighty way. We studied this morning, Elijah, God said, you know, put the prophets of Baal to the test. And call down fire from heaven. And guess what? He did, and the fire from heaven fell. Now maybe God is calling you to that ministry. Or some other ministry. But whatever that ministry is, consider the tremendous privilege that you have to serve the King of glory. Now your ministry might be at the public schoolhouse. Or it may be at the library. Or it may be to your next door neighbor. Or the one who lives across the street. But you say, but you don't know my neighbor <laughs> who lives across the street. And the one next to me. I remember Jerry Jolly. <laughs> Jerry Jolly. You know, Jerry was like one of the sweetest guys that, you, that you'd ever meet, right? He was, he was really just a, just a warm, friendly, gregarious person. And he was telling me about this guy. I think the guy lived behind him. You know? yeah. He said, you know, I believe that guy wants to shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> he said, well, I tell you, you know. <laughs> but whatever your ministry is, maybe your ministry is, is signing cards and putting them in the mail. Maybe your ministry is calling people. Maybe your ministry is serving in the military. Maybe your ministry is encouraging people like the, the people, you know, the clerks, the checkout clerks, those poor people, the number of people who complain. You know, there are some people who complain from the moment they get up to the moment they go to sleep at night. And whether they're at the post office or at the, the grocery store or, you know, getting their hair cut or what, whatever, my goodness. <laughs> and those poor clerks, they have to endure all of that. <coughs> and so many of them, they just, they just endured so patiently. Whatever your ministry. But notice that God determines the message and the scope of the mission. What is the scope of the mission of this particular church? You see, our, 
we've mentioned this before, we, we have a target right here. It's called Sun City Aliyah. And then beyond that, the rest of Aliyah. But the Lord has also involved us in a ministry to the state of Nevada. And then he's also enlarged that to, to the entire United States as we give to our Annie Armstrong home mission office. And then he's also enlarged that to the entire world through the Lottie Moon Christmas offering and the Samaritan's Purse, the Christmas box ministry. Just this little body of believers making a difference in the world making a difference in the name of Christ. What is your calling? Do you know what your calling, your specific calling is? Ask God. Maybe you're a writer. Maybe you write poems or write songs or write books. Write to the glory of God. And then God holds people accountable. Notice that. God holds people accountable for the message. Now, sometimes when you share the message, people will receive it gladly. That's always a blessing when people receive it gladly. Oh, but there are many people who reject it. And some can be quite harsh and quite rude when rejecting the message. But notice that believers are forgiven. Believers are forgiven. Unbelievers experience judgment. So before we bring this to a close, turn to Romans once again. The book of Romans in chapter 8. Because there are so many people who struggle, Christians struggle, with this idea of forgiveness. And you see, we, we are eternally Forgiven. Eternally. You are forgiven and forgiven forever if you know Jesus as your Savior. The judgment has already fallen for sin upon him at the cross. The Bible says he, he died once. You follow? He's not going to die again. He died once. He was buried and he rose on the third day. His sacrifice was accepted of the Father. And anyone who accepts Jesus as Savior is forgiven forever. Your salvation is an eternal gift. A gift. Now notice what it says here in verse 1. 8 and verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Oftentimes, people will walk around heavy guilt and, and, and feeling condemned. You're not condemned. And be glad that your emotions do not determine your eternal destination. Your emotions do not determine your eternal destination. No. If you've accepted Christ as Savior, according to the Word of God, you are saved, and you are saved forever. All right? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh, 
but according to the Spirit. For the law, the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus, has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirements of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the Spirit. And what is he saying? Jesus is the only one who actually kept the law 100%. And therefore, what he did at the cross, he took our sin upon himself and he gave us his righteousness. He who knew no sin, the Bible says, became sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in and through and by him. So that when God the Father looks at us, he sees us in the light of the righteousness of his Son. That we're robed in, indwelt by. It's fantastic. So we sing the song, Amazing Grace. Amen? Not that we're righteous in and of ourselves. No, we're not. We're sinners. But God deals with us as though we were as righteous as his son. Now that's hard. That is, that is hard to believe. But yet he's imputed, that is, to give us his son's righteousness. And he took our sin and placed it on his son. That's why we sing amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. That's the message. That's the message that we proclaim. Now, over in the book of Revelation, and we won't turn there, but you can look at that later, Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15. That's the great white throne judgment. Those who reject Christ, those who reject the message, those who reject the offer of salvation, will face that judgment. And then it goes on to say, those whose names were not found written in the Lamb's book of life hmm, were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. You see, the unbeliever doesn't realize this. The unbeliever doesn't realize that they're going to die twice. Did you know that? Did you know that the unbeliever dies twice? The believer dies only once. And the death that we die is a physical death. The real us never dies. If we've accepted Christ as our Savior, we never die. This flesh dies. This, this flesh gets, gets all worn out. Boy, I tell you, the other day I was just fiddling around in the, in the backyard for just a little while, and I thought, man. Am I getting old or what? <laughs> well, this body one day is going to cease to function. And it will be buried. But guess what? Like Billy Graham said, I'll be more alive than ever. Because my soul, my spirit will soar to be with the Lord who is Savior. Amen.
and I'll sing like I've never sung before. <laughs> and so, here's the question. Do you know Christ as your Savior today? We're going to sing a hymn of invitation. That hymn of invitation is an invitation to you to accept Jesus as your Savior. Have you followed the Lord in believer's baptism? If not, if you haven't made that commitment, you need to make that commitment. Maybe you've been attending church here for quite some time, but you've not officially joined. Well, membership has its privileges. You see, your voice counts. And when we have a business meeting, you have the right to speak. But you know, if you're not a member, you really don't have the right to speak. That's a wonderful privilege. And you see, you may have some, some inside information that God has given to you that he hasn't given to the rest of us, and we need to hear that. We need to know that. And so as we sing this hymn of invitation, you come to the Lord Jesus. You make your decision to hear. Let's stand, please. We pray that you have been blessed by today's lessons from God's Word, and we invite you to contact us with any questions that you may have, especially questions regarding your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. We want to help you with your walk of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and with your understanding of His Holy Word, the Bible. Our contact information is listed in the podcast show notes. May God richly bless you.